أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series This is Mustafa Tuna You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org Inshallah, in this episode, we will continue reading the 19th word and a rough translation of the part we will be reading, Inshallah, will be posted at this website. Just go to the podcasts, then words, then the 19th word, Inshallah, and then you can scroll down to the relevant episode, which is going to be the second episode. The 19th word is about Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It provides us many evidences, many indications that demonstrate that this blessed, luminous human being, man, who lived on this earth about 14 centuries ago, maybe 14 and a half centuries ago, is the last messenger of God, the beloved of God, the chosen one, the one for whom for whom the realms are created and who is a mercy to the realms. So in the first episode, we went through the indications of the prophets before Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the saints, friends of God, the awliya, after him. Together, both the prophets before him and the saints of God after him confirm his message. The way they position themselves vis-a-vis the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the way they give glad tidings of him, and the way they find their ways in the spiritual realms to knowledge of God after him and before him, that proves that he is the one. Because we look at the humankind, these are the most luminous human beings who we can think of as the experts of affairs that relate relate to the divine, affairs that relate to the unseen and they with broad authentication and consensus say that prophet muhammad is the prophet of god in this second section of the 19th word which ustad nursi calls droplets so the second droplet we are going to look at many um signs that god has put before us 
to demonstrate that he is the prophet let's read the turkish first and then we will move on to uh, a translation bismillah ikinci resha second droplet o nurani burhanı tevhid nasıl ki iki cenahın icma ve tevatürü ile teyit ediliyor öyle de tevrat ve incil gibi kütüb-ü semaviyenin yüzler işaratı ve irhasatın binler rumuzatı ve hatiflerin meşhur beşaratı ve kahinlerin mütevatir şehadatı ve şakkı kamer gibi binler mucizatının delalatı ve şeriatın hakkaniyeti ile teyit ve tasdik ettikleri gibi zatında gayet kemaldeki ahlak hamidesi ve vazifesinde nihayet hüsnündeki secaya galiyesi ve kemal emniyeti ve kuvvet imanını ve gayet itminanını ve nihayet vesukunu gösteren fevkalade takvası, fevkalade ubudiyeti, fevkalade ciddiyeti, fevkalade metaneti, davasında nihayet derecede, derecede sadık olduğunu güneş gibi aşikare gösteriyor. Just as that luminous demonstration of monotheism is being confirmed by the consensus and broad authentication of the two wings, so this is the prophets before him, Alehimussalam and the saints of God, Awliya, after him. Just as they, uh, he is confirmed by the consensus and broad authentication of the prophets and saints, so is he being confirmed and corroborated by the hundreds of significations in the heavenly books, such as the Torah and the Bible. Now the heavenly books, the Torah, Injil, Torah, Bible, all books before him, and the messages of all prophets, but we, you know, we don't have uh, the, the record of those. These are the books that were revealed before the Prophet ﷺ and that were preserved to some extent. Here there is a side note. Ustad Nursi says, first in Turkish, Hüseyin-i Cisri Risale-i Hamidiyesinde 114 işaratı o kitaplardan çıkarmıştır. Tahriften sonra bu kadar bulunsa elbette daha evvel çok tasrihat varmış. Now, are there indications of the Prophet ﷺ in the Torah and the Bible? Aren't they corrupted? Yes. Well, to, to some extent, we don't know exactly how much, but there is also some truth preserved in them. That's why we consider them holy books. That's why we respect them. That's why we don't say, you know, put them in on the on the floor or something. We put them on an elevated place. Uh, we, you know, try to uh, give them the due respect for the parts that are preserved in it from God's words. So Ustad Nursi says in the side note, Hussein al-Jisri has e extracted 114 significations from those books in his Risale al-Hamidiyah. So Hussein al-Jisri is an author and Risale al-Hamidiyah is a book that he wrote. And in this book, he has found in the Torah and the Bible 114 um, allusions to or indications of significations to the Prophet if so much is found after distortion, Ustad Nursi says, of course there must have been many more explicit mentions before that. So the Prophet is in the Torah and the Bible. And you know, there are many indications, not, not one. The, the most famous one is the relates to the word faraklet, uh, which is a 
um, which is a, a word that corresponds to Ahmad in Arabic and Ahmad is the name of the Prophet but there's only one among many so Hussein Jisri has found 140 so so is he being confirmed and corroborated by the hundreds of significations in the heavenly books such as the Torah and the Bible and then the symbolic indications of preparatory miracles, irhasa. So these are uh, extraordinary events that were happening to and around the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam before the coming of the message, before Jibril, uh, Gabriel Alayhi Salam came to him and his uh, tabli, his uh, prophethood started rocks would give uh, salams to him uh, there would be a cloud providing shade to him wherever he went um, and this is noticed by you know some monks etc lots of things uh, we are not going to go into details of these whoever wants to, to, to learn about this can read about it in the seerah in those uh, books biographical books about the prophet and the 19th letter that Ustad Nursi has written uh, also provides a very good um, anthology of uh, miracles and and uh, these pre preparatory miracles and prophetic miracles etc so this is another thing he was mentioned the Torah and Bible and then there were all sorts of uh, what we now call preparatory miracles that happened to and about him that were noticed by people then the well-known glad tidings of invisible beings hatif is the word that we use for this invisible beings probably jinn but uh, you know people especially as it came closer to the uh the his prophethood his messengership starting around age 40 people around mecca around medina would hear invisible things calling calling them that in muhammad is a prophet another extraordinary event that was endorsing that was indicating that this man is prophet next broadly authenticated testimonies of oracles there were oracles who lived around the time of the prophet وسلم, who testified that the chosen one was about to come uh, you know we, we know about Salman Farisi which who is one of the you know beautiful companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he was born in what is today Iran uh, uh, to a Zoroastrian family his family raised him as a Zoroastrian but the light of Tawheed the light of monotheism was in his heart and he broke away from his family literally in a sense broke his chains away uh, because he was chained at some point so that he would not escape he breaks away from his family and starts to search for truth and his search leads him to the city of medina and he knows that the next prophet the messenger of god will come in the city of medina how there are all sorts of indications in the torah and the bible and these news given by oracles he's told that the next prophet is going to come and he's given a description of her city and this is the description of the city is medina 
so he finds his way to Medina and of course there is divine intervention too as as there is divine intervention in everything but this is a bit more conspicuous he is actually uh, captured and sold as a slave to Medina but you know this is the place he wants to be God leads him to leads him to where he wants to be or where he is uh, he will find what he has been looking for next the indications of thousands of prophetic miracles there is this notion that uh, you know one can sometimes encounter in books about islam especially in the english language i suppose in other languages too i i came across one uh, recently uh, within the past month there there is this nonsensical notion that the prophet sallallahu did not have miracles whoever said that knows nothing about what they are talking the prophet sallallahu first and foremost the quran is his miracle it is a living miracle it it is uh, visible audible to us after 14 centuries uh the, the 14th centuries after the prophet sallallahu but aside from this there were many miracles that happened in the hands of the prophet sallallahu the splitting of the moon it's even in the quran right uh, the uh, that he would take pebbles in his hand and they would uh, do dhikr they would uh, call upon god that when he was uh, you know with his army in the desert and they ran out of water water would gush from between his fingers and his companions would drink and take wudu with this that a little food would become uh, you know sufficient for you know, hundreds of people after he as he served the food or as he blessed the food that it you know tree would break through the ground and come to him upon you know his beckoning that a kind of lizard uh would you know talk in his presence that the tree trunk that he was leaning upon in the mosque uh, when he started to use a different pulpit cries like a you know baby camel and everybody hears this that during the battle of Badr, he takes a palm of sand from the ground and throws it and this you know a peace enters in the eyes of each and every one of his enemies that when they wanted to kill him in uh, Mecca right before his hijrah on the night that he left uh, Mecca uh, the mushrikun the disbelievers or the uh, polytheists of Mecca had decided to kill him they had planned a plot and he just walks through them and they don't see him and on and on and on upwards of a thousand perhaps more perhaps thousands of prophetic miracles these are not just told by you know one or two people broadly authenticated miracles some of them as uh, the splitting of the moon and the uh, throwing of uh, sand to the eyes of the uh, mushrikun the uh, polytheists in the battle of badr it's mentioned in the quran and nobody you know there are hundreds of people thousands of people there who are um, hearing the quran hearing what is in it and the disbelievers don't say this didn't happen right they say his um his his magic or his spell reached the skies 
when the moon splits right but they don't say the moon did not split you are just talking about it they see it with their very eyes they know that the moon split and since they know that the moon split they are not going to say that they are going to try to justify this rationalize this they are going to try to figure something out that uh, will uh, that will uh, give them an excuse to not believe but other than that they know that it happened so broadly authenticated uh, sorry um, the indications of thousands of prophetic miracles such as the splitting of the moon so miracle just as a side note is the breaking of the norm and can happen in many ways the norm is the way that god has created the the the, the realm the cosmos that when you drop an apple it falls that's the norm that if you um talk to a tree the tree does not respond that's the norm the trees don't talk that's the norm the pebbles pebbles don't talk that's the norm lizards don't talk that's the norm um <clears throat> this is all the norm because god willed them to be the norm it is it is the manifestation of god will god's will and power right otherwise there is no absolute requirement necessity for let's say the moon not to split it's you know it, it could be possible but god willed ordained that moon stays as a whole in its place and on its orbit so it is god who ordains these norms and it is perfectly easy possible and easy for him to break the norm but he doesn't he doesn't because this is a world of testing and trial this is a world of causes and effects this is the world of wisdom if he constantly broke the norm and everything was absolutely obvious then there would be no testing and trial for us the human beings we would just see it we could perhaps be rebellious but we would still know what we are rebelling against the way satan knew knew what he was rebelling against so there's a wisdom in the <clears throat> preservation of the norm in the creation however if and when god wants to endorse one of his messengers prophets and messengers he can break the norm and this is a message to the world to those who see and hear about this that look this is my messenger and this is my endorsement by breaking the norm i'm endorsing that this is my messenger now the thing is there are other occasions when the norm can be broken for instance in order to give a favor to one of his friends one of his saints god can break the norm we call that karama and that's also beautiful that's not desired and demanded but when it is given it is taken with with gratitude there is another kind of breaking the norm which is istikhraj if and when a person um exceeds the bounds too much god can cast this person 
out of his mercy and to justify further punishment he can give this person uh, you know miracles occasions of breaking of the norm so that that person does not wake up thinks that well i've done it i am there this is you know see look what i'm doing so therefore we need to be careful when we think about these breakings of the norm if and when it is about uh, or in the hands of a prophet it's perfectly reliable our scholars have agreed that a person who claims to be a prophet you cannot see miracles in their hands and of course uh, since we know that the prophet muhammad sallallahu was the seal of prophets uh, we don't have to rely on this information in order to know whether somebody is a prophet or not you know sometimes there are occasions that there are things that happen uh, that are not miracles but you know people just like make illusions provide illusions and you think that wow that's a miracle so we, we don't need to depend on this information in order to know whether somebody is a prophet or not we know that prophet muhammad is the seal of prophets and there is no prophet who is going to be after him period done finished no one after him but the thousands of prophetic miracles some marjizat right we are going to translate that as prophetic miracles indicate that he is the prophet god has endorsed him thousands of times and in the quran at all times constantly that is the prophet such as the splitting of the moon next what else and the truthfulness of the sharia imagine a person just by himself sits down and writes a books writes a you know legislate some laws and those laws when applied holistically right without being mixed up and corrupted and etc etc holistically offer absolute happiness to individuals and society together even in this day and you know age when it is not applied anywhere at the societal level when we apply it in our personal lives and sharia in, in, involves uh, rules regulations norms principles that regulate daily life of individual human beings when we apply it in our daily lives we find happiness so how can that be possible his sharia is a miracle too this is not the work that a human being can do it that's not in, that's not the norm that he has done it indicates that it's a miracle then he is the prophet we go on so all of these provide indications while as seen in his person his praiseworthy character traits at the level of utmost perfection and as seen in the fulfillment of his duty or his fulfillment of his duty the precious innate characteristics of his utmost beauty of excellence so we look at him how do we look at him he is the one individual whose life is documented recorded to the you know tiniest most minute details i mean today with you know um 
electronic surveillance and cell phones and the emails etc all aspects of our lives might be being recorded but you know, this is a very modern phenomenon imagine that the prophet wasalam, there were no cell phones no cameras around him but god told the told humanity to follow him and as a result his companions were keen on following him they were constantly observing and recording sometimes in writing sometimes uh, you know by memorizing uh, sometimes not memorizing but so many people would see the same thing that when they you know remembered it they could corroborate one's others or or correct one's other stories right? as a result we have um you know upwards of perhaps like millions of uh, prophetic traditions but we count each prophetic tradition that comes through a chain a different chain of transmission as an as a distinct uh, tradition so if we eliminate them if we uh, you know lower the number down to the most sound the soundest prophetic uh, traditions we still have thousands of prophetic traditions thousands of records of his life and character and behaviors and words etc etc and when we look at them we see that he has gathered all praiseworthy char character traits at the level of utmost perfection even his enemies when they were put in a situation in which they could not lie even his enemies would confirm his good character and as seen in the fulfillment of his duty the precious innate characteristics courage he had it soft-heartedness he had it mercy he had it generosity he had it on and on and on he had all praiseworthy character traits at the most perfect level that that character trait can be had his perfect trustworthiness which is really important from the point of view of his prophethood because he has to be trustworthy so that we can trust the message that he brings his extraordinary god consciousness taqwa that shows so his taqwa his god consciousness his being constantly aware of god's presence and uh, acting accordingly which shows the strength of his faith his utmost self-assurance and his earnestness to the point to the furthest point imagine he receives a a verse that says that god is going to protect him and he is a prophet who has come with a message that is challenging or that seems to be challenging to many powerful people around him in the arabian peninsula in his tribe in the other tribes so he is the target of a lot of animosity enmity threat but there comes a, a, a verse that says god is going to protect him he doesn't want any protection he goes around himself to an extent that one day as they are traveling with a, with some companions he uh, goes and takes uh, you know a rest under a, a tree in the shade of a tree on his own the old companions are far away and one man who is following him because he wants to kill him takes this as an opportunity to approach him with a sword in his hand and raises the sword and says who is going to save you now does the prophet like waver shiver hesitate no 
He has God consciousness. He's aware of God's presence at all times. Not only, you know, when there's a temptation and God consciousness, taqwa, helps us um, take refuge in God uh, from the evils of that temptation. Fearing God helps us obey God, right? But also in a situation like this, he says, Allah, God, and the man drops the sword. So all of these show the strength of his faith. He has to have perfect faith, complete assurance in what he believes and, and, and um, professes and propagates, calls upon his earnestness to the furthest point. What else? His extraordinary worshipful slavehood he is calling people to pray. He is praying most among them. He is getting up at, in the middle of the night, standing. He is standing in prayer so long that his feet are swelling and cracking. So if he called people to worship God and, you know, Hasha, God protect, that this was just a ruser of, of some sort, and he did this because he wanted some material gain or fame or something hasha god protect uh, god protect you know us from believing that to be the case then he would not be doing what he called to himself with such intensity he invites to something and he does it first he shows people how to do it and he does it in the most perfect way that it can be done What else? His extraordinary seriousness. He's serious about what he's conveying. And his extraordinary fortitude all show clear like the sun that he is utmostly veracious in his claim. Okay, we will move to the third droplet. Eğer istersen Gel asr-ı saadete Ceziretül Arab'a gideriz. Hayalen olsun onu vazife başında görüp ziyaret ederiz. If you wish, come. We will go to the age of felicity, to the Arabian Peninsula. At least in imagination, we will see him and visit him at the helm of his duties. Now, as I had mentioned in the previous episode, the 19th word is... Um, in a sense, the paraphrasing or translating and paraphrasing of another treatise that Ustad Nursi had written in uh, Arabic, and this part is a bit more detailed in there. Therefore, I, inshallah, I'm going to read that section uh, too. There, Ustad Nursi explains why it is important to not just talk about this, but also uh, activate our imagination about this and to actually try to imagine ourselves as if we are there uh, visiting the Prophet wasallam, seeing him, listening to his message from him, his blessed mouth directly. So there Ustad Nursi says, know that the environment of a given time and space tremendously impacts the judgments of intellects. So, so what does that mean? We, we, we live in the 21st century, wherever we live. The 
um, sensibilities, concerns, uh, discourses, forms of knowledge, information, etc., uh, values that shape our worlds tremendously impact the judgment of intellects. So we are always and always biased in some ways, but in order to understand him, in order to um, appreciate what he did, how he did it, we need to strip ourselves from these biases a little bit and perhaps go to the time when he actually did it. The, the understanding the circumstances of the time when he did what he did might help us appreciate him even more. So know that the environment of a given time and space tremendously impacts the judgment of intellects. So if you wish, come. We will leave the imaginations of this time, this century and this environment. We will rid ourselves of this dirty outfit. Then we will dive into the ever-flowing ocean of time, swim through it to reach the age of felicity, that, that beautiful time when the Prophet lived and his companions, uh, the, the, the you know, early, very early companions after him which is a green island amid centuries and eras and we will start is trying to you know bring this to life before our eyes before the, the eyes of our imagination which is a green island amid centuries and eras like think of medina as this green place uh, with date palms etc an oasis and we will take a look at the arabian peninsula which is a silvery city in this green island of time we will put on the outfit which the time weaves. We will strip ourselves off of the, the, the outfit, the concerns, biases of this time, and we will put on the outfit with which that time weaves and that environment sows for us so that we can visit, albeit in imagination, the one who is the axis at the center of the circle of messengership as he is fulfilling his duty. Then again in the 19th word, Ustad Nursi continues. İşte bak, hüsnü siret ve cemali suretle mümtaz bir zatı görüyoruz ki, elinde mu'ciznüma bir kitap, lisanında hakaik aşina bir hitap, bütün beni Adem'e, belki cin ve inse ve meleğe, belki bütün mevcudata karşı bir hutbe-i ezeliyeyi tebliğ ediyor. Sırrı hılkati alem olan muammayı acibanesini hal ve şerh edip ve sırrı kainat olan tılsımı muğlakını fetih ve keşfederek bütün mevcudattan sorulan bütün okulu hayret içinde meşgul eden üç müşkül ve müdhiş suali azim olan necisin nereden geliyorsun nereye gidiyorsun suallerine mokni makbul cevap verir. Here look. We see a person who is distinguished with excellence of character and beauty of form. So we went to the Arabian Peninsula at the time of the age of felicity. Uh, we are going around, walking around. We are investigating the situation. Sometimes you enter a room full of people, lots of people, but immediately you notice one or two individuals who just shine among others. 
who are just different from others, right? Like distinct in the crowd. You know that they are either brighter, either more powerful, or uh, you know have a better position among others. But you sense this. Perhaps they have charisma. There is something that distinguishes them. We are going around in the Arabian on the Arabian Peninsula, and we see this individuals individual. He is distinguished both with the excellence of his character and the beauty of his form. We are drawn to him. We know that this is not an ordinary person. There is something special about him. With a miraculous book, miraculous book in his hand and truth-bearing address in his tongue. So he is not only excellent in character and beautiful in form, but he has a book in his hand. It's miraculous. And he is giving an address and as you listen, it all makes sense. You say, yeah, you say, yeah, that is, that is how this must be. He says, God beautified the skies, the heavens, the firmament. And you look and you say, yeah, this is beautiful. And you also say, this cannot have happened by itself. He is telling the truth. Whatever he says, when you weigh it, measure it with a fair scale, with your intellect, with your heart, it is confirmed. It finds a uh, confirmer in there. He is delivering an eternal speech to all sons of Adam. Not only is he beautiful, not only he has a beautiful character, etc., he also has a claim. He's not just standing there and talking to his peers or something. He is talking, delivering an eternal speech to all sons of Adam. In fact, to the jinn, the humans and the angels. No, to all existent beings. His speech is mighty and has a mighty claim. It's addressed to all things and to human beings among them especially and to each and every human being to me to whoever is listening to this to Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, when he heard it to Abdul Qadir Jilani radiallahu anh, when he heard it to Imam Rabbani radiallahu anh, when he heard it to Badu Uzzaman Sa'id Nursi radiallahu anh, when he heard it to Mustafa as he hears it now to whoever is listening to, to this now. His message, his speech is addressed to every human being and then the entire existence. This is a mighty claim. This is a mighty claim. So he is certainly special. He is solving and explaining there that is all existent beings, but especially human beings. Amazing enigma. We have an enigma that, you know, we find ourselves in this world, we find ourselves in a state of um, bewilderment. Uh, we find ourselves in a, in a state of predicaments. And we want to understand what is going on. He solves it. He is solving the, and explaining their amazing enigma, which is the secret of the realm's creation. 
he says this is why the realm has been created and we think about it, it makes sense and he is opening and unveiling their concealed code the code of the code that all existent beings need in order to understand things which is the secret of the cosmos so he is providing a perspective when we look from that perspective from that point of view things that were written in a secret code start to make sense pieces start to come together we start to understand what go what is going on here and we find answers to our questions that emerge from our existence in this realm in from the predicaments that we found ourselves in questions that are embedded into our soul into our spirit questions that guide us to truth as truth is to reality as reality is and thus he is giving a convincing and acceptable answer to the three difficult awesome and tremendous questions that are asked from all existent beings and that occupy the intellects in a state of bewilderment as what is your duty where are you coming from where are you going or who are you where are you coming from where are you going as human beings we each each and every one of us have these questions down there in our hearts down there in our minds some of us ignore the question some of us um, find some kind of a response to it not an answer but a response to it but because you know wants to move on and live the life uh, however it appears to be most entertaining uses that response as an excuse and assumes that they found the answer some of us can't find the answer and that is bewildering and escape from the situation by numbing their senses through entertainment through whatever it might be occupations of the world but if we were honest to ourselves any human being who is honest to himself or herself if they contemplated the matter carefully and with an open heart open mind honestly frankly seriously they would find these questions what is your duty what are you doing here why are you here where are you coming from where are you going to and then they would go around and look around and evaluate the options and potential answers that have been provided and if they chanced upon the prophet and they were given the true message that he brought not deceptions that are um, falsified in order to keep people away from him like the missionary literature etc you know if don't do this but if you were to go online there and you know look at the look at the material that is out there especially if you were to look at the say you know commentaries comments under uh, you know various videos etc where trolls 
of the in, the, the the internet world are going around and about and dropping their poison that is not the prophet that we know that is not the prophet that he was if they were given the true story if they were given true information accurate information about the prophet وسلم, by people who have understood him accurately truly then the honest serious sincere hearts and minds would do nothing but say amanna wa saddaqna we believed we believed we heard we believed and we are confirming we are approving we are affirming what what he has said that is how he was that is how the message he brought was now um Similarly, inshallah, we are going to go to this other treatise that Ustad Nursi had written where uh, the matter is explained in a bit more uh, detail and continue reading there in way of an explanation of what we, what we just read. So we went to the Arabian Peninsula to the time of the Prophet wasallam, albeit in imagination, right? And now we are visiting the one who is the axis at the center of the circle of messengership as he is fulfilling his duty. And Stadnosi says, now open your eyes and look. As if we you know, swam through this ocean of time and we were closing our eyes as we traveled. Now open your eyes and look. Indeed, the first thing that becomes apparent to us in this land is this. A wondrous person. He has preeminently beautiful excellence in his appearance within flawlessly beautiful excellence in his character and here he is holding a miraculous and noble book in his hand and on his tongue he is conveying with brevity and wisdom so yeah that's that was the quality this this distinguishing quality distinctive quality of speech mashallah he had um Kalam. He had brevity. He would say things and he would be like just to the point. Not a not a single uh, you know unnecessary superficial extra word in there and conveying the message as the message needs to be conveyed. Comprehensive in its brevity, comprehensive and full of wisdom. He is conveying that message right the message of that miraculous and noble book with brevity and wisdom and he is conveying uh, with brevity and wisdom a pre-eternal sermon that is the book sermon of the book he is reading it to all the children of adam all the children of adam not only the companions who lived with him not only the people within his century, not only the people who came after him, to all the children of Adam, and in fact to all human humans and the jinn. In fact, to all existent beings. That is the Quran, the, the message of the Quran, right? Uh, you know, unfortunately, there have been these nonsensical approaches that say, you know, it's a historical do document. Hasha, God forbid, 
God protect us from falling into the traps of these uh, rationalizations, these falsehoods, right? As if the essence of the Quran was eternal and God's speech, but Hasha, they, they will say the Prophet articulated the message that came to his heart and therefore the wording is historical. It's, no. God revealed the Quran in the language that he revealed in Arabic. It is God's speech. And the Prophet Muhammad conveyed God's speech and God's speech is eternal. The message that Jesus Isa the message that Moses the message that Adam the message that all prophets and messengers conveyed to their followers, right, were all aspects of pieces of versions of the comprehensive message that is packed in the Quran. And as a result, they all endorse the Quran and the Quran endorses them. But it is in the Quran that this message found its most comprehensive, most perfect form. So it is the source in a sense. Yes, they all they all serve water in their containers, but they serve the water that is taken from the Quran. He is reading it to all the children of Adam and in fact to all humans and the jinn. In fact, to all existent beings. How amazing this is. What is it that he says? Yes, he is talking about an enormous matter and referring to a tremendous message. For he is resolving and explaining an amazing enigma pertaining to the secret of the realm's creation. What is this? Right, I, uh, we, we talked about this before. I remember reading this poem in Arabic uh, as I was studying uh, Arabic. The author would say, I came, but I do not understand. You can hear this sense of being forlorn, the sense of being lost. I am here. This must have a meaning. This is not futile. This whole thing, if you think of it, if you if you let your intellect and heart to deal with the matter in a sincere, serious way, you just cannot accept that all of this will not have a beginning and a purpose and a meaning. That information, that attitude, that position is hardwired into our hearts, into our intellects. So this man, the poor man, because as far as I understand, he did not believe the author, says, Jitu la adri. la adri. I came, but I don't understand. Of course, you don't understand. You can't understand. You will not be able to understand unless you listen to the one whom God send, sent 
to help you understand to understand he is the one who has the answers to all, to all of these questions he is opening up and unveiling the concealed code in which the secret of the wisdom of the cosmos is coded the secret of the wisdom of the cosmos is coded you look at the tree you just see a tree you look at the tree you see a creator you look at the tree you just see tree you look at the tree you see beauty when you see beauty you know that somebody beautified this the one who beautified it must have beauty himself you look at the tree you just see tree then you look at the tree and you see a living organism that is being provided it's consuming things and by consuming them it is producing things and it's growing and it is um, producing fruits and there are seeds in those fruits and it is reproducing in this way subhanallah you look at the tree and you see a provider you see a sustainer so there is a code that you have to apply to the tree in order to understand realize its true meaning it is not just a tree i.e it is not just a bunch of uh, molecules put together it is an act of art there is an artist the point is to see the artistry of the artist the artful maker on the tree in the tree so that you can move on trans transcend the tree and move on to the artful maker he is your artful maker too and your value in this realm in this creation relates to your relationship with him the quiddity the content the intensity the closeness of your relationship with him is the measure of your value in this world and also by looking at all these things you also recognize and he gives us the code in order to recognize this too that this is not be all and all there is more to this there is something that will follow this this is not the real thing this is just a demo if you understand if you recognize that this is a this is just a demo you can start to think about the real thing and you can adjust yourself for the real thing there's a hereafter it's going to be tremendously tremendously more beautiful or more majestic and when you end up there you want to be on the beautiful side of things you want to be protected by god's mercy and look at the mercy in in his blessing of this world in his blessed existence in this world that he also shows us the the the way to please the owner of 
this realm and the next realm. He shows us what pleases him, what pleases God. God has sent him to show us what pleases him. And if you follow him, God loves you. If God loves you, he will take you to his seat of power in the hereafter and place you in this beautiful place where you can continuously observe, witness, appreciate his, his manif manifestations, his art and his artistry and be his beauty and also his majesty, the beautiful aspect of his majesty. You can, you can observe, witness his perfection and show gratitude in return for this precious, invaluable blessing. Otherwise, you are lost. You don't know what you are doing here. You don't know where you are going. You don't know what will happen there. And even worse than not knowing any of these things, you are going there regardless. And once you are there, if you arrive without the knowledge of what to do there or without having done what needs to be done here in order to end up with a blessed, felicitous life over there, you are not only lost, you will find yourself in a state of torment. He's saving us from torment in this world of not knowing the answers and from torment in the hereafter as a result of not heeding, as a result of not doing what needs to be done here. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Oh God, bless him. Oh God, send your greetings of peace to him. Oh God, connect us to him. Connect us to him. Oh God, make us his followers. Make us among those who follow him sincerely, accurately, to the tiniest detail. Oh God, do not deprive us from him. Oh God, do not deprive us from him. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana innaka anta al-alimun hakim. Wa akhir da'wahum anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen al-fatiha.